listeners. Welcome to Grief Out Loud. Remember the last time you tried to talk about grief and suddenly everybody left the room? Grief Out Loud is opening up this often avoided conversation because grief is hard enough without having to go through it alone. We bring you a mix of personal stories, tips for supporting children, teens, and yourself, and interviews with professionals in the grief world. Platitude and cliche-free, we promise. Grief Out Loud is hosted by me, Jana DeCristofero, and produced by Dougie Center, the National Grief Center for Children and Families in Portland, Oregon. Hello, everybody. Uh, I am Brendan Connolly. And I'm Jana DeCristofero. Yeah, and today we're talking about something that befuddles me pretty regularly, actually. Uh, you know, when somebody says, oh, hey, you know, my dad died over the weekend or or whatever it is, um, whatever death they've experienced. You know, my reflexive response has kind of, oh, sorry, sorry for your loss. Right. And we don't know what else to say. It's the it's the first thing that can often come to mind for people. Yeah. And it and it's it uh for me, it feels like I don't. I don't like the feelings. <laughs> Number one, I don't like uh, saying something that seems so trite. I don't like that. But also, I don't like the feeling that I have this sense of relief. Okay, now I gotten that out of the way. The culturally appropriate thing to say. I'm sorry for your loss. Got that out of the way. And now let's talk about something else. You know? Right. Let's move on because yeah. this, this topic's uncomfortable for me. I'm guessing it's uncomfortable for you. I don't yeah. know what else to say. So I'll say that, and then we can talk about the weather or right. the Super Bowl game. Right. I don't. I don't know. It's awkward. It's very awkward, and and it, the reason why we I really wanted to talk about this is you know, directly from the kids and the teens who come to the Dougie Center, when they come for the first time and I'm showing them around the center and I'm kind of getting them to connect with one another, I'm always looking for the places that they uh, have had a similar experience. And so I started asking them the question, out of the blue, what's something you wish people would stop saying to you? And all of them inevitably raise their hand and say, I wish people would stop saying I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and that's a hard one because... There's no way to say universally do this or don't do this when someone's grieving. And hopefully, you know, for people listening to the podcast to remember that we all grieve differently. We all need different things. And this isn't to say, you know, saying I'm sorry for your losses is a bad thing and that you should, you know, be upset with yourself if you've said it in the past. It's more just let's talk about how that can affect people who are grieving, particularly kids and teens. And, you know, the other big question, what else can I possibly say? Yeah, people, I think people want to, they want to be as authentic as they can. And this is an, you know, it's an awkward conversation and it doesn't come up a lot. And so people, I think, get a little stymied, I do, about, you know, how do I, how do I talk about this? And, and, also, it's hard to read people sometimes who are grieving. You know, you you wanna you wanna say something that is helpful. You don't want to say something that just glosses over this really really important thing that happened. Um, but I'm sorry for your loss. It's the only thing that comes into your head. You know. Right, because it's all we've ever heard. So yeah. we're hoping in this podcast to give people a couple of their options that they can kind of carry around with them. And and you know, it's important to to distinguish between. Well, first to start with, you know, what's the relationship that you have with the person who's telling you about their loss? And also, what's the context of that conversation? So there's a big difference between your friend calling you up on the phone and saying, you know, my dad just died last night, and someone telling you a story about their life, and part of the story happens to be 
that their sister died 10 years ago. Yep. Uh, so those are very different things. Yeah, well, I guess that's the contextual nature of it is exactly right, it seems to me, that uh, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't talk to your schoolyard friends the way you talk to your grandparents, right? Um, you want to you wanna probably know, know your audience and um, use their own parlance, I guess. I mean, I, I know I'd say to my own friends, you know, if, they, if, if this conversation came up, I'd, I'd be way more comfortable just saying to them, oh, man, that really sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that to grandma. Right. <laughs> I mean, know? depending on who your grandma is, you right. might, yep. depending. But you have to, like you said, knowing your audience. And, and there's so many different ways that it can come up for people who are grieving. So, you know, say a teenager has had someone die and now they're back at school and they're hanging out with their friends and all kinds of everyday questions come up like, hey, how come your grandparents always pick you up after school? Yeah. Or how my mom's so old, she's like 42. How old's your mom? So there's all these like day-to-day conversations that people who are grieving, kids, teens, adults, that if they know they're kind of bracing for the like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for your loss, if they share, well, my mom would have been 45, but she died last year. Yeah. That it can, over time, kids and teens and adults as well will start to avoid having conversations where the person who died could come up, uh, even though many of them really, really want to talk about the person and want it to be okay to just, you know, have it come up in casual conversation. Yeah, my, you know, my dad died last year. And uh, so me and my mom, we had to move here. And then someone say, oh, so you moved here. Where'd you move from? And have it be part of that casual thing, not an interrupting, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry your dad died. Because then it's like, well, now what do I say? Yeah, right. You want to... I don't know. On, as a person on the other end of the conversation, you know, you want to be able to to read, kind of read the body language of the person you're talking to. At least that's what I do. And and I it does get, a, it feels a little stifling sometimes. You can tell sometimes when somebody's kind of holding back a little bit. They don't want to, they, they don't want to share too much. And you're not sure why and you don't really want to dig into it. And a lot of times this is it, right? The fact that they, they're bracing for that yeah. sort of reflects them. I'm sorry. It could yeah. be all kinds of things. And, and a lot of what underneath it all is, at least kids and teens particularly, they're so tuned into other people's discomfort with yeah. the topic of loss. And so say you're in a place of support, you want to be there for your friend, you want to be there for your family member, whatever you can do yourself to present a comfortable um presentation when they're talking about the fact that they've had somebody die. So sometimes that means just saying, oh, your dad, so your dad died and that's it. And then you can let the other person decide if they're going to say more or say less. Um, some people appreciate having questions. Oh, your dad died. When did he die? Or, or what happened? Other people, and this is where it gets really tricky, that can feel a little intrusive. Uh, mm. So unfortunately, I wish I could say like all the time, ask them how the person died or all the time don't ask but it's going to depend again on your relationship with the person and and the context of the conversation yeah you really have to be tuned into how i guess probably that that body language and the subtle cues that you see uh, and hear from them exactly so so we don't have to so you're saying that we don't have to stop saying i'm sorry right there's times and places where that could be appropriate to say um the, the thing that I think could be helpful for people to think about is what else could you say if yeah. you weren't just going to automatically go back to that? And it, it, it's been helpful for me over the years to hear what the kids and teens, how they um, 
what their thought process is when someone says to them, I'm so sorry for your loss. So some of the things they say is, you know, uh, okay, but how am I supposed to respond to that? Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, really, it's not okay, which is kind of what we say when someone says, I'm sorry, you say, no problem. Well, it's okay. okay. Yeah. Um, or as someone, as one teen said, like, it's not your fault. Why are you sorry? Yeah. Or, then that gets a little antagonistic, right? Mm-hmm. People don't know how to respond to that kind of Right, like, did you have something to do with it? Why are you apologizing to me? Right, and it's not an apology. I mean, coming from, you know, coming from someone who's, who said it, you know, certainly not an apology. It's just a, what is it? It's like, I recognize that, and that's a bummer, and I'm sorry for your loss. It's easier than saying, I recognize your loss. That's a bummer for you, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Which in a way, there, there's there's opportunities to do that. I mean, that's what we're going for is to acknowledge what's happened for somebody and to communicate that we, we care. And so say the card comes around the office and one of your colleagues has had someone in their family die. Mm-hmm. And I've been there. I work here and I'm like, I don't know what to say. And so I think back through it. And, you know, in that moment, I might say, I'm so sorry you're having to go through this. Yeah. And that's a really more authentic, not just a um, perfunctory, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. It's, you know, I'm really sorry you're having to go through this. Or I was so sad when I heard about your sister's death. Or, you know, what a heartbreaking time. There's other ways that you can communicate that care. Uh, that's uh, just a different thing. Because even when it's an authentic and well-meaning I'm sorry, keep in mind that the people you're expressing that to are hearing it again and again and again and again. And that's why the teens will say, I know people mean well, but man, it just gets old. Like, come on. How many people can say this to me? Yeah. And listeners, if you're frantically kind of taking a note right now, listening to what Jana says uh, about these alternative responses, we're going to put them in the show notes on the page, um, on the podcast page. And so you can always visit Dougie.org slash podcast. Look for episode number four. We'll have a list of these kind of alternative responses, like, I'm so sorry you're going through this, or I'm so sad to hear about your dad's death, uh, those kinds of responses as alternatives to, I'm sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to like kind of put them in the back of your mind so that the next time you're caught off guard, you can be like, oh, yeah, there's something else I can say right now. Yeah. So what are some more? Do you have a few? I mean, we went through two or three there, but what else do you, what else? Are there others? Well, when I think to that place, you know, you're faced with the sympathy card that's going around Uh or you want to write a card to your friend or an email or reach out in some way, oftentimes people don't know what to do or say in that moment. And what I've heard from kids and teens is they really appreciate when people share with them something specific that they remember about the person who died, something specific that person contributed to their lives, um, what they will miss about them. So rather than like, you know, they were amazing and the world won't be the same without them, which may be extremely true, but what specifically, you know, I always remember how, you know, your dad's laugh. I'd walk in your house after school and I could hear him three rooms away. It just warmed my heart. And so you're helping the person who's grieving know that the person who died made an impact on so many people's lives in really specific ways. Yeah, that's really helpful. That's really helpful. I know I... I want to have some, not catchphrases, but at least some um, a framework for responses and this idea of personalizing to the extent that you can and, and saying what really is on your heart instead of just what you, you know, reflexively are going to say, sorry for your loss, is so good uh, for me because I know I'm, 
I'm reasonably, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sounding like it right now, I'm, but I'm reasonably uh, well-spoken when there's nothing at stake, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I can find words and I can put, string them together pretty well. I'm not doing it right now. But when, there's, when it's a casual conversation, I can do that. But as soon as something like this pops up and I know it's important to the other person, my mind just kind of goes blank and I struggle to remember my own name. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And the person who's grieving may be going through some, a very similar um, process where they don't have the words for it either. Yeah. Uh, so then you've got two people standing there awkwardly, not <laughs> knowing what to say to each other, which, you know, grief is inherently going to be emotionally charged and, yes. um, and varying all the time. So it brings to mind another piece, too, of especially when you're talking to kids and teens, at least for me, I try to keep my not my personality, but my way of talking to them, pretty matter of fact, because they, they'll they tune in really fast to what they call like the sympathy overload. Yeah. Um, and then whenever I ask them, like, what does that mean? They're like, you know, when people like nod their head and they say, oh, honey, I'm just so sorry, which may be how the person feels, but to recognize, particularly for kids and teens, they don't want people feeling, they always say, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. Like, I'm still, you know, I'm still okay. I'm sad my mom died, but, you know, yeah. don't make such a big deal about it. Even yeah. though they'll also come to group and say, nobody asked me and nobody notices. I wish they'd make a bigger deal. So it's kind of a catch-22. <laughs> yeah, but, but at least not putting an extra layer of something that they have to read into. Just say the words that you mean and and don't try to be clever about it or uh, don't don't try to put a, uh, a neat spin on the words or anything. Is that what you're kind of saying? That and just be aware of not trying to, um, to well, basically what you're trying to communicate is I'm not afraid of your story and yeah. I'm not afraid of you yeah. because they are so sensitive to other people getting uncomfortable because um, they're, they're already pretty uncomfortable with what's happened and maybe they're in a place where they're comfortable but they're so keyed into when other people show that discomfort and, and a lot of them say, how do I tell people that some that my you know my mom died without them getting all awkward? And I want to reach out and be like, it's not your responsibility to make other people not awkward. It's my yeah. responsibility to try to teach people how to be more comfortable. But that's a good point. I mean, I've got a teenager at home, and they don't always want to be noticed, right? They don't always want to be stand the person that's standing out in a crowd, mm-hmm. uh, different from everybody else in some way. They don't always want that. So to the extent, I guess, that we can minimize those feelings, it's probably a good thing. Right, to just make it as part of the the conversation. And maybe it's, you know, do you you want to tell me anything about your mom? It sounds like she died last year. You know, what was she like? You can go in those directions um, rather than focusing on, oh, that must be so hard for you and you must be so sad. any sentence that's starting with it must be unless the person has said to you this is heartbreaking and you're like it's so heartbreaking and reflect it back to them yeah but to assume how somebody else is coping with the loss um can can make a disconnection for you reflection is such a important part of the dougie center and i'm not great at it and as part of my job i don't necessarily need to be great at it but i find it to be a really interesting conversational tool um, to relate to people and connect with people on a deeper level. We, we should put that maybe in the queue for talking about on the podcast, huh? I'd be happy to. We can spend the whole podcast just reflecting each other back and forth. I don't know about that, 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 that. <laughs> but it is, it's a really effective 
skill to use, um, especially, you know, I always go back to when I'm little and my elders were talking to me and saying, you know, if you can't think of anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And I always think if I can't think of what to say, I'll just reflect back what the person said to me because it helps yeah. them feel heard, helps them know I'm, I'm right there with them. And if they want to say more, they can. And just to just to dig into that uh, for a second, because we're getting short on time here. But when you reflect, I'm guessing that you don't just you're not just a robot, right? You're not just a robot uh, mindlessly repeating words back to them with no emotion or no feeling. Correct. <laughs> yeah. We're going for mirroring back, not parroting back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one last thing I, I wanted to say about this, this is a new thought for me around the I'm sorry, because I, I hear kids and teens over and over again talk about how uncomfortable it is. And, and when I ask them, like, what would you rather people say? All they can tell me is, I don't know, how about it? That sucks, because it really does suck. And, yeah. you know, people may or may not be comfortable with that type of language. But I think just mm -hmm. that acknowledgement of the reality of, of what's happening. Um, but I thought more about it, too, of why there can be this almost visceral reaction to hearing it. And I'm sorry is so ingrained in how we apologize to one another. Right. I'm sorry I forgot to let the dog out. I'm sorry I didn't run the dishwasher. I'm sorry I said what I said to you last night. And it, it creates this transactional piece, right? So I say I'm sorry, you say it's okay or no problem or thank you for apologizing. Yes. If I apologize to you, it it requires you to say something back to me. And when we're showing it for people in our lives who are grieving, I'm always thinking about how can I make this so that they don't have to give anything to me. They don't have to make me feel better or me feel okay with what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The words do have that kind of double meaning of being an apology and also sometimes not being an apology. Anyway, that's, uh, that's a good word. I guess we're about out of time here. We are. So, um, yeah, you can follow us. Uh, you can find us at um, Dougie.org forward slash podcast. You'll find past episodes and there'll also be show notes for each of these podcasts. So any references that we've made in the podcast um, for today, you'll find a list of suggestions of other things to say if you're wanting to figure out other ways to acknowledge people's grief without just going to I'm sorry. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. We want to answer your questions about grief and loss in our future episodes, so send them our way at help at Dougie.org. That's great. Thanks for talking today, Jenna. Thanks, Brendan. We'll All see right. you next time. See you later. Thanks for listening.